Hi, everyone. Welcome to Asian Glow Up, a podcast centered around sharing stories that help Asian Americans explore their identities and connect with their most authentic selves. We're your hosts. I'm April. I'm Jackie. And I'm Jojo. Today, we have kind of an interesting topic. We're going to talk about closure and if we think it's selfish, if we think it's required for healing, and how we define it. Because I think for a lot of different people, it can mean different things. So I guess my first question would be, in what situations do you feel like you need closure? I'll answer this first just because the more I think about it, like at first I was like, okay, friendships, relationships, like romantic partners. But then I was really thinking about it and I was like, okay, no, closure can apply to like the death of a loved one or like the death of your pet losing a job. Like for me, I just got laid off. Like that was very much like a one-sided thing that happened to me and I didn't really get to process it or like prepare for it, I suppose. So I think it's more so like letting go of something that was once really important to you, whether it was on your accord or not. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it because with everything, it obviously depends on the situation. I don't think there's like a blanket statement that we can say like, this is when you need it and this is when you don't or this is what closure is because I, like you said, it is different. I think generally speaking, I do think it is necessary for people if they don't want to continue bad habits in the specific situation of relationships. But like you said, for the death of a loved one, for a job, whatever, like you don't really have any control over that. And I don't really know if closure is the right term for that, because at a certain point, you just need to accept the truth and yeah (laughs) that and that things are the way that they are because like you literally cannot do anything about that right yeah is that is that harsh (laughs) why did you say damn (laughs) it's true though no it's true yeah yeah it's 100 closer is selfish but i don't think it's required like i would i love closure i think that i need closure for a lot of things too but i don't think it's needed for healing and ooh. sometimes i think that If you're trying to get closure for someone, you have to ask yourself, like, am I doing this for myself or am I doing it for them? But is it really for them? Like, it's definitely for yourself that you're doing it and talking maybe specifically for relationships, but I don't think one should typically need it for one to heal. I see what you mean to a certain extent. In the sense of a relationship, I do see how reaching out to get quote unquote closure can be looked at as selfish because at the end of the day, it's you're reaching out to put your own heart at ease and your own mind at ease. That doesn't mean that it's not going to help the other person, but your initial reason for reaching out is because you want to move on. So mm-hmm. I guess inherently you can argue that's always going to be a selfish motive because you're putting yourself first. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say pretty much what April just said because I've been talking to my therapist about this a lot. Mostly when it comes to relationships, because I agree, like when it comes to like grieving the passing of a loved one, you just grieve. Like you don't really get closure from that. You just kind of accept it. And like, I feel like the grief, you grow around it and it never really Mm -hmm. goes away. But with closure, with relationships, she was actually saying, because I told her like, you know, there's a lot of relationships where I would love to be the one to reach out and like apologize for something that I did at a time when I was way less emotionally mature or like other reasons, of course. But she was saying like, you know, it's okay if your initial want or initial reasoning is selfish because 
she was like, if you look at like psychology as a whole, Sigmund Freud, is it Freud? Freud? Freud. Freud. <laughs> Freud. So he, he like wrote a lot about how humans at their core are essentially very cruel and selfish and everything that drives our desires as humans and human behavior is selfish. And so she was saying like, don't let like logic and reason keep you from doing something that will help heal you. And I was like, damn, that's actually really true. Because she was also <laughs> like, even when you're doing something that could be selfless, such as volunteering, that is inherently selfish too at its core because you just want to feel good for helping others on top of mm -hmm. helping them. So I was like, yeah, that is quite true. Yeah, I think it is selfish, like point blank, period. But that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Right. Like, it's okay if it's selfish. Like, we should be selfish as human beings right? sometimes or, like, mm -hmm. when we need to put ourselves first, et cetera. So we're getting closure because it's, like, we want it. But what if the other person doesn't want our closure and we're kind of intruding into their space to be, like, let me try to get this closure for myself? It's, like, kind of disregarding any of their feelings. I think in whatever situation you're in, you are the best judge of that because like, for example, if it's a friendship or a romantic partner, no one is going to understand what relationship you had other than yourself and that person that was involved in said relationship. So like what I've been doing in my situations is just really taking a step back and trying to look at it from an unbiased perspective. Like how would this person feel if I were to reach out to them? And if it were to just open wounds that they've already healed for no reason, then don't do it and just accept it and move on. But if you really genuinely believe that there's healing involved for not just yourself, but of course for the other person, then I say go mm -hmm. for it. And the way that I'm actually approaching this is by giving the other person an option almost. But if they don't want to, then I just need to be prepared for that answer and be okay with it. Okay. So we talked a little bit about what types of situations we would need closure in, but how would you describe what closure is supposed to feel like? Like, how do you define it? I think closure is supposed to feel like you're getting answers for what you think might have been an unknown or any questions you might have had. So it's it feels like you're getting that verification or validation to an end result of, you know, what you've been wondering this whole time. And whether you like it or not, it's like you finally have an answer to what you need. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Do you still think that applies to circumstances where there's like a lot of trauma involved? I don't think it's needed in the healing process. I think that, yeah, it can help in each step of the way, but one can heal completely without it. Yes, there are unknowns, but there are many unknowns in life. And sometimes it's like you have to be okay with that unknown to continue to heal. And maybe having that answer could be more harmful than helpful. So for me, ignorance is bliss. Like I'd rather not know the answer for me to continue on. Have you personally ever received closure? I think I've received closure. And there's even points where I've wanted closure and someone wasn't able to give that to me. And I think I was having a hard time trying to digest that that is their choice to not give me the closure and maybe that is the answer that is the closure is to not have closure yeah I mean I think that makes sense too but from my own personal experience I have found that closure did help me move on 
it was a past relationship and I have moved on already like in a sense that it has been many years I was already in another relationship it wasn't something that was like constantly nagging me but I think during COVID and the lockdown and when we were just like home all the time and not doing very much it made me feel more inclined to reach out and just say like hello because we haven't spoken in a couple years since we broke up it's funny because I think when I reached out it wasn't necessarily to get closure per se I think I was more so looking at it as a way to just catch up almost because I think Mm -hmm. you know he was someone that I considered to be my best friend for many years we dated you know for a decent amount of time. And I think when you're younger too, even shorter relationships feel very long because that's like really all you've known. It's like your first experience is dating and whatnot. So when I reached out, it was mostly, I think, to catch up. I don't think there was anything specific that I wanted us to talk about. But then when we actually, you know, talked and he responded, we, I think, had a couple like Instagram DM exchanges back and forth. But then finally, I don't remember who brought it up first, but we ended up scheduling like a FaceTime call. And I remember actually feeling like pretty nervous for it because I was like, I've not talked to this man in like three years, three plus years, maybe even four. And the last time I saw him was when he was like taking his stuff from my apartment, you know? So (laughs) I was like, oh God, like how is this going to go? Like, I'm sure it's fine. Like, I know it's going to be okay because like there's no bad blood or anything. But I think it was really good. It was a really, it was a very, what adjectives would I use to describe it? Was it like wholesome? You feel healed? I don't know. Whole, yeah, I would say it was pretty wholesome. I think what really helped me, at least, was when we talked about the breakup. Because like I said, after we broke up, we just kind of lost touch. But since we were kind of talking about it together and reflecting on that same experience, but obviously from very different points of views and different perspectives, he told me his side and I told him my side about how things ended. And it wasn't like, a well, you did this or you did that. It wasn't really like, finger pointing it was more so just us saying like this is how we experienced it and because it was so many years after it happened there wasn't that like really strong emotional attachment to the event so it was just kind of like matter of fact like oh here's how I saw it whatever and he actually apologized to me and (laughs) at the end of the call he actually said that a weight has been lifted from his shoulders and I was like there has been no weight on my shoulders since the breakup right and then I think I was really nice about it because I basically said like, oh, like you didn't need to feel bad. You didn't need to hold on to it. I don't think I said like, sorry that you had to hold on to this for a couple of years, but I was basically just reassuring him that he's fine and I'm good and there's no like bad blood. But in his point of view, I think he like felt really guilty about certain things. And he was basically saying like, yeah, like it's been a lot and I something that I think about and something that I really regret. And Honestly, he probably got more closure from that conversation than I did. (laughs) But it's just funny because the way that I look at it is I didn't need that closure. Sure. I think we I've already moved on from it. He's already moved on from it. But the way that I describe it is let's say the end of our relationship was like a gift and like in a box. It's already been closed. We're not opening that box anymore. But having that conversation and that FaceTime felt like a little bow on the box like it just like wrapped everything up it felt like solid it's good to go we don't need to touch that or think about it anymore and frankly that did help me move on because even though it was like already boxed up and like fine puts it aside just like in the corner of my brain from that time of my life having that bow on it just made me feel 
more like relaxed almost and more more like I don't need to look back anymore at that time of my life. That's a type of closure everyone would love to have. The ideal type of closure is, yes, tying a really pretty bow on top. <laughs> but, you know, there are so many situations where you do have to do it on your own accord. Yeah. But I'm really happy that that worked out for you. Yeah. And I don't regret anything. I've seen him once since that. And it's not like we talked very much or at all. It was just one and done. And I think that's okay. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like, absolutely okay. Because I remember, like, with friendships specifically, I used to get so hurt when I would start to realize that someone that I'm pouring all my energy into is not reciprocating it. And I would get pretty, pretty angry, honestly. And this was, like, of course, around, like, five years ago, six years ago, where I would get really hurt probably because I was a lot less emotionally mature and a lot more just immature as a whole and like at that time you think your friends are everything to you and I mean they still are to me but at the time like your world I'm not everything to you <laughs> sorry what I mean is like during that time in like high school and college your bubble is so small and you don't really know shit but you think you know everything and then so when you when you have this like friendship that starts drifting apart and that's all you knew for pretty much like your entire life up to that point, it really does hurt. But I will say with one of the friendships that I was really like holding inside of me like in a negative way, I had to give myself closure. I feel like I justified the fact that I gave myself that closure when I saw her recently this year. So what happened was I've mentioned this in one of our old episodes, so I'll keep it really short. But Pretty much, I just wasn't getting back the energy that I was putting in. And I'm not saying it always has to be a 50-50 type of thing. Like, I do think that friendships can be seasonal, and that's totally okay. But at the time, it was like like zero and 100%, me being the 100%, obviously. And so I just cut her off. And we both did not have closure, and she blocked me on all social media, and it was a whole thing. And then I saw her at a friend's wedding last year. And I realized what a shitty person she was when she came up to me and was asking me questions of my life that she definitely knew the answers to, but she just wanted to like pretend like she didn't know these things about me anymore. And that's when my eyes were just like opened. It was like my third eye opened and I was like, <laughs> you're a shitty person and I'm so glad you're not in my life. So that's an example of where I had to give myself the closure and I don't regret it at all. I'm curious on how we want closure from this other person or like people want closure from us, but we're not willing to give them that closure. It's mm. selfish on both parts. It's because like, I don't even want to help you in your healing. It's, I'm sorry. You know, you've hurt me. I don't want to give you that. Closure. But it sounds like that person who's not willing to talk and it sounds like they're not able to move on or they're not able to address their emotions and the other person's emotions. Mm. Right. So damn. <laughs> it's like, it's hard. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, no one's right and no one's wrong. Everyone's yeah. healing comes in different waves and people handle things differently. But if you're actively not wanting to talk to someone just because you don't want to talk to them because you don't want to address the problem, that seems like kind of like a you problem to me. I can see that. I will say, like, if the other person had a lot of trauma, though, from the other person, I think they're justified in not offering that healing. Yes. Yes, mm, for sure. Yes. Yeah. 
but in most cases it's like you know i feel like that other person probably has things to work on too but like i can also see how it's justified it's like there's no right answer yeah yeah this feels like a therapy session because I'm like, mm, interesting. You're like, huh, okay. <laughs> how, does, how does this, this apply to you? hypothetical <laughs> session. Because now that I'm realizing there's a part of me that doesn't want to give closure, where I feel like there's a need that I should give closure. And Ooh. maybe I am in the wrong, but there's also my pride. And I also don't want to bring up those memories again. Like I feel like I've went through a lot and they probably have too. And getting that closure kind of resurfaces everything. And maybe I don't want to deal with that. And I think that is a me problem right now. But I'm also okay with not reliving that. If even though it is hurting the other person or it's not giving them the closure, I am selfish. In this hypothetical situation, did that person reach out to you and specifically ask for like to talk? Not even for closure, but just to, like, talk about things. Yes. Okay. And you said, no, bitch. I'm busy. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm like, I just, sorry, I don't have time. I, I feel like everything up till now has gone their way. The closure is that I don't want to give an answer and I don't want to give that closure. No answer is the answer. Yeah. 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 Which sucks because I feel like I'm in both situations with different people it's like I want closure Mm -hmm. but they're not giving Mm -hmm. the answer and then also you're justified to have boundaries that you've set for yourself and to stay true to those so I think that says something too I do have a question for y'all would you say that just in general at your core do you prefer order and predictability in your life or do you think of yourself as more of like an open-minded person that's okay with like going with the flow? I would say both, but I am leaning towards order mm-hmm. for me personally. What about you, Jackie? Can, can you dig into that a little? Like, what do you mean order versus open-minded? I would say like by open-minded, you're okay with like whatever happens is going to happen and I'm not going to hold a grudge or lose sleep over it. Whereas the opposite end of that spectrum is more so like I want to know the answers to all of my questions I may have I'm more of a person where I'm okay if there is no answer because I realize that we all care about ourselves a lot and everyone's going through their own different things so even though I want something from a specific person maybe they're going through their own shit where they can't even give me that and I have to understand that I have to be okay with that whether it's Maybe they're a shitty person in this stint of life. They're going through their own shit, which makes them to be like that in this time of day. And maybe, yeah, they heal and they grow and do whatever. But in this specific time, even how I am, I think that one, never take anything personal because it's just maybe it's not even about me at this point. It's happening, it's happening and just keep moving on. Yeah, it's like it's not always about you. Mm-hmm. In the question in specific in relation to specifically relationships or just mean like in no, general with your life? I meant in general just because I started digging into some like random articles on the internet because, you know, you should believe everything you mm-hmm. read. But one study said that people who prefer order in their lives tend to 
need closure to move on and they struggle with like the ambiguity of things. In contrast, people who are maybe a little bit more open-minded and okay with ambiguity in life, they're able to cope with that unknown and reach that closure themselves. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So we kind of already covered different types of dynamics when it comes to relationships and needing closure. What happens when both parties might be at fault or even when both parties are neutral? I feel like if both parties are at fault, then that was just a toxic relationship and you should just move on. There's no point in rehashing anything at that point. Totally. I agree. (laughs) In terms of both parties being neutral, I do feel like in that convo with my ex many moons ago that it was fairly neutral, but it was more of a way to wrap things up almost as opposed to like rehash things. Yeah. Like it wasn't to get over something. It was just to kind of be like, we both acknowledge it. We both now know. And I think also I am nosy and I'm just generally like curious about how people felt in certain situations. So I think that's part of why I reached out. It wasn't because like, oh my God, I really need closure, like whatever. It was like, I want to know what he was thinking during the breakup because like, I know how I felt, but I know for a fact that he saw it differently under like all of these different circumstances, right? With like him moving out, with him finding another apartment, with him wanting to get back together and then dating someone else. Like just so much happened and like, I was just really curious about his point of view too. So part of that was just me wanting to know and me being nosy. I think being nosy and asking for those answers is actually another form of being super vulnerable because it's like, you might not like what you hear and (laughs) like not in all circumstances, but I do think that's really an interesting way to go about it as well. Yeah, like- I think it just goes back to like, yes, in this situation, I was the one that was kind of fucked over. Call him out. But that was a long time ago. And I acknowledge that I also like wasn't perfect, you know, even though yes. in the situation, you know, whatever. Anyways, I mean, you were also like, what, like, like 19 years, years old? old? Yeah. Yeah. We started dating at 17 and we broke up at like 19, almost like, 20 years. You're just a baby at that age. You may not think you are, but you are. <laughs> Yes. So like that was just a really crazy time in my life. And I just wanted to know what he was thinking. And the relationship after that, that has also ended. I have not had that type of conversation. I don't know if I ever will, but not going to lie. Sometimes I do wonder like, how did that end in his perspective? Because sometimes I, when I think back to it, I do feel like I was maybe harsher than I needed to be. And in a way, I was harsh to protect myself because I knew that if I was too open and giving too much, that would just make it harder for me to move on. So I made it clear for myself that I was almost going to like make it a clean cut in a way. But as a receiving person on the other side, you know, it's like that hurts. That hurts a lot. I can imagine. Right. Like we've, we're best friends and dated for so long, like so many years. And now it's just like, you know, zilch. But clean cut. it has to be like I that feel like sometimes. that's your avoidant personality or that's your avoidant attachment style Ooh, jumping you out. You think so? <laughs> that's just how like I 
want to process it and I feel like Jackie's shocked and I feel like I don't need it I think so that constant communication to help myself move on and who knows maybe a couple years from now I'll be like fuck like I really want to have like a same a similar conversation with this you know person and be like so how did you really feel right during the breakup but I think now that I'm older I actually don't feel as inclined maybe that'll change I don't know but as of right now I'm like perfectly fine with how things ended it's interesting because now that I feel like I'm older I long for that closure and that like bow nicely wrapped on top in situations I'm in I don't know maybe it's because I don't like to be stressed but of course that also depends on the situation so I don't know but that's interesting yeah and I've never had any like friend breakups for the most part so I can't really speak to that but in terms of these relationships because okay here's another thing too the type of closure that you need or whether or not you need closure also depends on the type of relationship that you had all of these examples that i'm sharing were for relationships that lasted two three plus years obviously if it was like a random guy that you were hooking up with for a month or two whatever right like that man can or that person can do whatever like i do not care like when i think about those people in college It was so fleeting and maybe I did hurt someone or someone's feelings, but I don't want to say I don't care, but it's like, you can move on. Like, it was not that serious. You know that TikTok sound? It's like, like, it was never going to be you. Like, you're delusional, whatever. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I actually totally agree with you. Like, in college, if you guys listen back to our ghosting episode from long long ago I definitely did my fair share of ghosting just because I was fucking immature and I didn't care and I also had been hurt by many guys so that was just like a way of getting my like retaliation I suppose on these like poor innocent men not all of them were poor and innocent but you know some of them were but I definitely don't look back on that and think that I need to reach out to them my therapist mentioned that like in college, like when I was hurt by a guy that I was dating for like less than a month, for example, it might have been because I was in limerence with them and not like in love with them. And I don't know if you guys have heard of limerence, but I thought it's really interesting. Mm-mm. So limerence is a state of mind where you're completely infatuated or even obsessed, according to Google, with another person. And it's characterized by a really strong desire for reciprocation of one's feelings, but not exclusively for a sexual relationship. So this could also be like someone you really want to be friends with. So I think that's also why my fuse was so much shorter in those instances, because it wasn't like I was really in love with them. It was like I was wanting my initial like attraction to be reciprocated. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And now I'm thinking about college and, like, the one specific person that I have in mind. Like, was I harsh? Yes. <laughs> but it's not like we were dating seriously. And I probably did hurt him, like, to be. No, I feel like situationships hurt a lot because there's so much. Yeah. There's so much opportunity that you didn't get to discover. And that's what hurts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, I just thought of. And how I never got closure from that. (laughs) Oh, true. Your closure is like finding online. Doing our own research. (laughs) 
wait, this is the guy that I had a crush on. And he was dating someone like on the low. And he and oh. I were talking as if, you know, we were about to be limerencing and whatever. <laughs> and obviously I found out and it, that was fine. It just ended. I, we find out everything. No. And then I met up with him years and years later and he's and he was still lying to me about it. But to this day, I've never gotten the full truth from it. So that is one thing wow. that I'm just like, wow, wow. <laughs> That's when you got to give yourself the closure. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, that was just ridiculous. Because that's not even worth, like, talking about. Definitely not. Definitely not. But I was thinking about the first. And I know that I hurt him because he wanted to date after, like, we were talking for a bit. So he's never reached out to me for closure, right? He had followed me on Instagram and did all these things. He still follows to me for some reason. Once again, it goes back. I don't actually need closure from him, but I am kind of curious, like, you're just nosy. Like, what he would think from back then. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to know, like, what was going through his mind and be like, okay, cool. I don't know. Maybe I'm just really narcissistic and I want to, like, hear what he has to say about that. But, yeah. You're like, how did you perceive me? <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> no, but, like, going back to you talking about, like, situationships, I really do think situationships can sometimes hurt as much as, like, a longer relationship. Definitely. Sometimes even more, just speaking from personal experience but um moving on i guess for some specific situations do you feel like closure is actually enough like is that what you really need in that moment like in what situations do you think you would actually want something else when you say want something else is it like for example if i have a friend that i had a falling out with and i'm seeking to rekindle our friendship is that an example or yeah, because that's not really closure. That's like restarting the relationship, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say that's closure. I would say that's like, let's talk out our shit and see if we're still wanting to be friends again. And then mm -hmm. we'll see where it goes. Because I've definitely yeah. had that happen before. Maybe it's closure is not what you need. Maybe it's just the self-love and validation yeah. that you really need. Like maybe it's not even about them. It's just you trying to validate your feelings or validate the situation that happens and closure is an easy way to get to that but yeah actually I would say that's like the harder way to get to it the easier way to get to it yeah. would be to be open with your therapist with your friends and closure is hard openly and honestly talking about what happened yeah and feeling like you can move on from it yeah yeah closure is hard because you have to be vulnerable and obviously, like, person, yeah, right. And obviously, if you're doing it from like a self growth perspective, you're also being vulnerable, but that's like you're being vulnerable with yourself. So it's a little different because you're not yeah. being perceived by this other person. Yeah. I don't think I like being, I don't like being perceived. I've come to realize. <laughs> I have come to realize that too, actually. Like, I had a epiphany. And here we are on a podcast blasting our thoughts and feelings i don't know if i can say i do or do not like being perceived but i think for me i want to know how i'm being perceived in certain situations like so you can like change how you were get better i just want to like understand because okay let's say there's five people in a room there could be a singular thing happening but all five people are having a very different experience right yeah. So I'm just curious about how the other person perceived that specific moment or that specific person. 
An example of that would be at work. I was literally reported to HR before for being uh, like rude. What? Oh shit! Anyone that knows me would be like, "What the fuck?" But I think I'm shocked. Yeah, in that specific example, someone like asked me for something on Slack, and I think I was just like curt. I wasn't like, "Oh my god, hey girl, you like how are you doing?" Like, yeah, here's the files. Like, let me know like if you need anything else. I was just kind of, oh, "Here you go. Do you have this?" Whatever. And I guess it happened. She reported you, and she reported me to HR. Damn. And I had no idea until much, much later. That person actually left the company for unrelated reasons, I'm hoping. I'm not a workplace bully, guys. But literally when I heard that, I was so shocked. I was like, I wait, seriously do not understand what I could have said. Did HR approach you about no, it? No, because HR went to that person's manager, who also is my friend. And that manager was just like, I know April and I know that she wouldn't do that. Yeah. And I don't think anyone looked at my message or anything. I'm assuming that girl might have, like, I guess I haven't thought about this before. But maybe she, like, took screenshots and was, like, this is when she was, like, rude to me or whatever. But I know for a fact that I would never say anything rude. It would just be, like, curt. Because when I'm working and focused on something, I don't want to be doing all these things and, like, fluffing it up. And I feel like as a woman, they people almost expect you to be more friendly. Because if you're not being friendly, you're being aggressive. Or you're being rude. And what's crazy is the person who reported me is another woman. And not only of that, she was another Asian woman. There's not a lot of Asian women in this workplace. Yeah, so I yeah. just thought that was really strange. But tying this all back to my like what I was saying earlier, it's like you never know. You can really never know how you're being perceived by other people because you can have like one off chance interactions with them. And th that's just how they see you. So, like, in this specific instance, like, I would have loved to know that she felt that way and just, like, talk to me about it. Then I would have been like, oh, my gosh, like, I totally did not mean to be rude in any way. I'm sorry if that's how it came across. And I'm sorry for, you know, not being more friendly. Actually, no, I'm not. Like, I was just doing my shit. Like, what are you bothering me for? But anyways, it's just, like, things like that. And I think it's one of those things where it's not, like, I want to know because I'm insecure about how I'm acting. I just want to know because I'm genuinely curious about how people think about things differently or how mm. people think about people differently. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I try not to think about that because I think I take other people's perception into consideration more than I should. Like too personally? Yeah, like too personally. Like I said, I'd rather do ignorance is bliss than knowing more, which is... That's an avoidant personality. That you, uh, You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm definitely in the I'm definitely in the middle of you guys when it comes to that. Just because like, for example, when I post on TikTok, I feel like the comments are so stupid sometimes. And then sometimes I will sit there reading them and be like, oh my God, that was a personal attack on me. But really it's just <laughs> a person hiding behind a cartoon as their profile picture on private that probably hates their life and now they're hating on me. So that's a very specific example, but that's just how I've been approaching that. <laughs> If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Asian Glow Up Podcast. I think this conversation was healing in an ironic way, almost, but talking about topics like closure and stuff with your friends is honestly a great way to heal. So I'm really glad we did this today. If you want to hear more <laughs> from our perspectives, check out some of our other episodes. And if you want to collab in the future, 
reach out at Asian Glow Up Pod on Instagram or at AsianGlowUp.com. Bye. Bye. Bye.